drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Today, I want to talk about this video that I'm going to show you of a black man who is at dinner with a black woman. And apparently this video has been getting a lot of fire on the Internet where there are a lot of people who are questioning uh, whether or not it made sense that she was sneaking him money to help him pay the bill. Uh, so this man was um, apparently short on money and she slid him a couple dollars. And I'm going to give you some of the reactions and I'm going to put it into context. You guys know I wrote a book called Financial Lovemaking. And I'm going to kind of give you some uh, some things to think about on this. So do me a favor. Uh, give me a yes if you can hear me. A yes in the chat if my audio is coming through okay. Also, hit the thumbs up button. Share, subscribe. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to say hi to everybody. Shout out the city you're from. <clears throat> I want to say hello to Sharon Lane, Gina Mills, uh, Sergio, and Byron. I see you in there. All right. And <clears throat> Byron says this is a skit. So y'all can let me know if you think it's a skit. If it's a skit, it's a damn good skit. If they were playing, then they were, they did a good job. They sparked a conversation. So I'm going to show you this video. And, uh, and what I want you to do is I want you to give me kind of a, a one sentence statement about what you're seeing here and what you believe. And I'm going to show you. And this is a video of a man and a woman at dinner. And the woman um, slides him money because apparently he can't pay the bill. And apparently a lot of people have some comments on this, and I'm going to share some perspectives on this. So let me play this video now. Let me know if you can see it. Here it goes. All right. Did y'all see that? Did y'all notice the little slippy slip where she slipped in the money? Uh, what do y'all think? Do y'all think that? Um, uh, what, what do you think? I know you may think it's a skit. Maybe you don't. Forget about that part. Let's put that to the side. It could be a skit. I don't know. The Internet's full of all kinds of stuff. But it was an interesting perspective. It was an interesting thing, right? It, it could have been real. Uh, give me a yes if you have imagined scenarios that could have, could actually happen like this, right? Let me know if you can relate to this, if you've ever seen this, if you can imagine this happening, right? Uh, sure, maybe it was fake, but perhaps it was a fake personification of a very real experience. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this. So let me uh, give some comments on this that I saw online. It was really interesting. It drew a lot of controversy. Um, there was, uh, let's see, one woman, Dimitri says, social media needs to get a grip. Women, y'all don't, y'all get caught up with these scenarios. It's okay to pay the bill at times. Having to hide it is questionable. Men want traditional women, but celebrate this. Pay attention. Uh, now, the next uh, person says she slid him money the way the, the way broke grandmas sneak grandkids money. Now, don't tell your mama I gave you this. 
Uh, let's see. Somebody else says if she's the goat, then he's still a kid. So she's saying that he's that is very emasculating, that he looks like a kid doing this. Uh, let's see. Someone says, don't fall for this. You'll be struggling. This is irresponsible. Uh, what's another comment? Another one. All the financially irresponsible men. She's a keeper. That won't be the first or the last time. Eventually, she's going to get tired of it. Check your wallet and your bank app before going out. You can even do it in your car. All right. Uh, let's see. Next one. Why hide it if there's nothing wrong with paying for dinner for your man? I do it all the time. We are a team. Uh, let's see. Someone else says anyone that's been in a real relationship knows that this is normal. All right. So let, let's 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 look at this. Right. Let's, let's think about it from a couple of perspectives. One, uh, either he is a person that did not have enough money to pay the bill and he's generally broke. Right. Just broke all the time. Or two, he did not make a plan. Right. He did not plan to make sure that he had enough money to cover the bill, which could speak to financial responsibility. Right. That's that's a comment. Right. That's a statement. Or maybe, you know, maybe he just, um, you know, felt pressure to take her to a place that was a little more costly than what he could afford. And uh, and he found out that because you know how it is. Sometimes you get that bill and they throw in taxes and extras and <coughs> excuse me. And you get all this extra stuff on the bill that you don't expect, right? Anybody ever go through that where they throw in the taxes and the, the service charge and everything else? And then that kind of throws off your game, right? So here's a deal. Sorry, y'all got to forgive me. I was choking a little bit. So, so effectively, the argument could be made that maybe there's something to be concerned about, right? Now, there's another perspective. And I will share it as soon as I stop choking. Y'all got to forgive me. So there's another perspective on this, right? The other perspective is <clears throat> that there's nothing abnormal about this. That this is what a lot of couples go through. Um, that there's money uh, shared in, in the relationship. Sometimes she picks up the bill. Sometimes he he picks up the bill. But then there's the other the other angle to this. The third piece of this is the fact that she slid the money to him, right? Rather than just you know, handing him the money, she kind of slid it, you know, almost like to protect his pride, to protect his ego. So let me let me give you my perspective on this. And from from a personal standpoint, the perspective of a man who who knows the experience of being broke. I also know the experience of being rich. I know the experience when I've had plenty of money to pay the bill. I've had the experience of getting the bill and not being ready for the bill. We've gone through all that. And I have a Ph.D. in finance. So uh, but I've made financial mistakes, you know, especially when I was younger. I really liked what she did. I really do. I liked it because. There's a certain way that you should treat a man. There's a certain way. And, and, and women don't get this anymore because their daddies don't live in the house anymore. Let's just be honest. Black women don't grow up with a daddy in the house. So you think that. Things like protecting our pride, protecting our ego is old fashioned or it's not your job or it's just too much and all, <clears throat> all this other stuff. And I'm going to tell you that that's going to cripple you in relationships. It's going to cripple you. And the reason it's going to cripple you is for the same reasons that I will be crippled if I never learned how to talk to a woman. When I talk to my wife, I know I got to be sensitive. When I talk to my wife, I know that I got to use certain words. I know that I got to approach things in a certain way. Give me a yes if you understand. Everybody who's got a woman or got a man that they love, uh, say something in the chat. If you don't have that, then I pray that this, that this comes for you. But you have a lot of loveless people out here where they don't understand why don't nobody want them, don't nobody love them, don't nobody want to stick around, right? And, and I'm going to just tell you, I think that 
catering to a man and catering to a woman is just like catering to a job. It's just like if you get a job or you or you are or you have a business and you get a client, you cater to your client, you cater to your job, you cater to your customer. So you cater to your woman, you cater to your man. That's what you do. That's what you do. Don't nobody want to do that. Well, I ain't got to do nothing. He ain't got, he got to massage my ego. I mean, he got to rub my feet, but okay. Well, that's, guess what? There's some other big booty woman sitting over who who will rub your man's feet because you're too proud to do it. Seriously, that's what it is. Uh, Guys like, man, you simping, dog. You simping. You up for being nice to these hoes. Yeah, okay. Well, guess what? That romantic guy who brought your wife flowers at work the way you would refuse to do. He's going to be all swimming in your wife's vagina at some point, and you're going to be mad about it. And then you're going to be on the Internet talking about, I'm going to be a passport, brother, because these women, you black women, they just they just they just gold diggers. OK, OK, keep doing that. That you know, So so I liked it a lot because uh, the remember the, the money part, the money part is what triggers me because I'm into the money stuff. I pay attention to these relationship conversations online, which are all terrible, by the way. A lot of them are just terrible, very toxic. Um, and I and I believe it's connected to the broken black family, by the way. It's, it's related to the fact that 76 percent of black children do not grow up with a father in the house. So the women don't have any clue on what it means to cater to a man. The men, a lot of men never learn how to be a man. They never learned the rules of manhood. Well, why? Well, it's not your fault. It's because daddy wasn't there to teach you Daddy, You know, learning manhood is a lifetime assignment. It's like a course that you take that takes 20 years to complete. And even then you still ain't done. And, and so when you don't have any of that, you're going to miss some of the key points. You're just going to miss it. So if you want to know why you have some men who just don't do what you think a man's supposed to do, it's because they never learned that. And you have some women who don't know how to treat a man because they never had to deal with a man on a daily basis. If you have a man in your house and you're always trying to figure out how do I dance around my daddy's ego? How do I protect his pride? What how what does it mean to show him respect? Why does he value respect more than love? Then you 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 apply that to your man. But if you are sitting there and there is no man, and all you're doing is talking to a bitter, your bitter mom, your bitter single mama about men who said, Don't be worried about them boys, focus on your grades. These men, all they do is they use you up. These men, da 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 da, then you're not good, you're gonna be a step behind. I'm just gonna be honest with you, you're gonna be a step behind. Because a lot of relationships is about like customer service. If you value somebody and you want them, then you're going to figure out how to make them happy. You know, it, it really, it, and I don't understand why that's so hard to, to get. Let me know if you understand this, if you get what I'm saying. It, it's not complicated. It's not complicated to uh, keep somebody around. Like the way to make them happy, it's easy. It's just like when you run a business, you find out what your customer wants and you get it to them. You, you know, you, you find out what their needs are and you fulfill those needs. If you have a customer and you run a business and you have a customer and your customer says, I need paint and you bring them fried chicken instead. And they say, well, but I asked for paint. And you're going to be like, yeah, but the chicken's really good. And you're like, they're like, no, no, but I wanted paint. And you still keep bringing them chicken. Well, guess what? They're not going to be your customer no more. That's what people do in relationships. Honestly, they they bring chicken when the person asks for paint. The man, the man's asking you for respect and you bringing him all these other things that you think that a man should want. But you ain't no damn man. So you ain't never known what a man really wants. So you don't understand. So you're confused. You then you get bitter and mad because you think all the, all the men, all they do is they want to be with these hoes and blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Take a class. Go read a book about men. I really think that's important. So I'm going to tell you like this. I like that video. 
not just as a black man, as you can see, that triggers me, right? But also, I like the video because I've been a broke man and I've been a rich man. I've been in a situation where <clears throat> women wanted to be around me because I had money. And I've been in situations where women avoided me because I had no money. I've been in both of those situations. And, and one thing that's interesting, I can tell you, when I, <clears throat> when I met and married my wife, and I, and I saw you know, people, some people on the Internet speculating on my relationship. These fools don't know me. They ain't never met me. They just making shit up based on their own pathetic lives, I guess. I have no idea. But when I chose my wife, notice that I married a woman who knew me when I was broke. I can remember a time when me and my wife were, were friends. We, we were friends for a long time. I, I volunteered myself for the friend zone because I didn't ask her out. And she says, if you would ask me out, I would have went out with you, but I didn't. So we were friends for a long time and I enjoyed it. There's a lot of value you can get by being friends with a woman. A lot of people don't know that, but you learn more about a woman by being her friend than you learn by being her boyfriend. But a lot of people will never get that because they always thinking about trying to get a piece of ass or whatever. But anyway, <clears throat> um, when we were friends, I can remember times we went places. We go to lunch. Uh, one time we went to we, we drove to New York. We took a friend trip to New York. And she and I remember that we got to the toll booth and the toll was really high because we've been on the freeway a long time. And I remember I didn't have any money. And I remember being so happy that she just pulled out her money and paid the toll booth. Like literally this, this is a long time ago. We were listening to Jay-Z and DMX. That's how long ago it was. And she pulled out the money to pay the toll booth. And I, and I didn't say nothing because I was broke. And I was ashamed of being broke. And again, it wasn't no data, nothing. But as a man, you know, you kind of feel like you're supposed to take charge of that. But I didn't have the money to do it. And, you know, so so years later, when we decide when we decide finally that we want to take our friendship to a different level, I was very happy, relieved to be with a woman who not only had her own money because she's a Ph.D. and all that. She's got she's, she, she was fine, uh, but also to know that this woman wanted to be around me and hang out with me even when I was completely broke. Because I met so many women who were so happy to be next to Boyce Watkins because they thought they could get access to my bank account. And that makes you paranoid as shit. It makes you very paranoid. You know, it's all it's just like it's just like women. When when, when men look at you like you a piece of meat, that's what rich men go through. Women look at you like a piece of meat. There are women that uh, the other thing, too, is I've never I've never I was never a simple man. Right. So maybe so to some extent, my statements are a little bit different from some men because I'm not simple. Like I remember Kevin Samuels would talk about women's dress sizes and and like that was the most important thing in the world. I never, ever asked a woman her dress size. I don't care. I, I want to know what's inside your brain. What drives your soul? Uh, tell me about your life. Who are you as a person? Right. <laughs> like I, I don't I don't I don't even know my I, to this day. I still don't know my wife's dress size. But for the record, she does wear the same dress size she wore in college because she works out every day. But I still don't. But if you ask me what's her dress size, I would say I have no idea. Right. So I, I really think that this video, what this showed me was I said, OK, this is so y'all don't understand. These are the types of women that men pick when they become millionaires. Because that's that woman who will help you pay that bill and then really go out of her way to preserve your pride at the same time. Like, OK, I know you want to be the man. I know it's a little bit tough for you because remember, economics is tough for a black man. You know, this society is not built for black men to have the same economic opportunities as black women. 
Y'all don't understand this. White people will hire a black woman and take her up the corporate ladder before they will hire a black man because the black man is a threat. The gay black man is not a threat, but the heterosexual black male, every study shows this. Dr. Claude Anderson talks about this in Poweronomics. It goes all the way back to slavery in the plantation and the big house. They'll let the pretty little black, they'll let the, they'll let the pretty little light-skinned black woman into the big house before they let that big black buck or that big black man into the big house. Because the big black man is going to kill you. The, the little black woman, she's cute. You can, you can have the pretty lady next to you. And, and it's still true to this day. Y'all act like racism ended a long time ago. No, racism is alive and in full effect. Uh, in fact, uh, to this day, my wife, who is a, let me show you, y'all y'all probably seen my wife before, but I'll just remind you, my wife is a, a red bone black woman. And, uh, and she works at a university. I have a PhD just like her. I have the same credentials that she has. Her university hires people like her. They do not hire people like me. They do, do not have a single African-American male on the entire faculty, not one single African-American male. So, but the thing is, the reason I, I, I respect my wife immensely, you know, cause she's from the hood. She's a, she's a Gary girl. She's seen black men in the struggle. She's, she's ride or die with that. And, and women like that tend to be my preference. I respect y'all for being that way. Um, you know, she understands that as a light-skinned black woman, she's going to have privileges in corporate America and in universities that I'm not going to have. Right. So so now here's the thing, though. This is where the responsibility falls on black men. Stop sending your sons out here to go beg white men for jobs. Yo, your sons get out here and they go to school and then they go. They think they're going to get the same job as the woman. You're taking a woman's approach to, to this economy, this racist economy, and you lose. Because they don't see you the same as they see everybody else. It's like a police stop. They not go, the police ain't going to look at a black man the same way they look at a black woman. Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. You're not, you're not your mother. And a lot of boys grow up with their mamas and they think, they think, I can do what my mama did. And the world will treat me the way they treated my mama. So you've seen your mama, you watch your mama. One of my friends said this actually. I think I, uh, he's he's a he's a rapper and he's a tough guy. And he he said that I used to see my mama run up and scream and holler and cuss people out and all that. And I learned he said I learned very early that if I approach problems the way my mother approached them, I was gonna get shot. I was going to get killed. I was going to get beaten up. I was going to get arrested because they won't do that to a woman most of the time, but they'll do it to a man. And so so a lot of boys, a lot of black boys, this is me speaking as a, as a finance guy now, a lot of black boys get thrust into the economy and you treat them to go into the economy as if they are women. And so they get mad because the white man ain't hiring these black boys the way they'll hire women. And they, they already don't want to hire black people, period. But a black male, go to most corporations and look around and look at how many straight heterosexual black males they have in the boardroom, working in middle management or doing like the, the intelligent positions. Go to Google and see how many African-American male engineers Google has on the staff. I go, go to go to Facebook and look in their diversity department and see how many black women are there versus black males. Goldman Sachs invests announced they're investing $10 billion into black owned businesses as long as those businesses are being run by women. Women get a level of economic support in America that black men do not get. So here's the deal. It sucks, but this is the reality. 
if you're a black woman and you love black men, just know we ain't gonna have we ain't gonna be holding cash the way a white man will most of the time. Money is not our strength. Cash flow, dollar bills, those little worthless, worthless green pieces of paper that the government prints. We don't have as many of those as the white man does, right? He he can he can pull it out and he can throw it throw it at you and all that. You know why? You know why? Do y'all know why? Do y'all know why white men have more of these than we do? Do you know? Because he can print the shit. He has the power to print the shit. He runs the billion dollar corporations. He controls the banks. He controls the, the access to capital. He controls the economic infrastructure. Black men don't have that kind of pull in white society. So if you're measuring men in manhood solely on the ability of a man to write a check, then just call yourself a white supremacist right now. Just go join the Klan. Go, you know, do a Meghan Markle or something. Do like Katanji Brown Jackson or Kamala Harris. Katanji Brown Jackson's on the Supreme Court because she married a nice white man from Harvard. A lot of black men don't get into Harvard. You can do a Kamala Harris there. Kamala Harris went to Howard, but then she married Dougie, the white guy, the white attorney, the high-powered white attorney who got her lots of opportunities and made her vice president of the United States. I mean, if you're if you define power and success as the degree to which you can elevate within white society, then your preference will always have to be a white male because white because you're you're trying to measure it's like measuring the quality of a fish by how well he climbs a tree. If you're comparing fish to cats and you say the best fish is the one who can climb the tree the highest, then black men are going to lose because black men are the fish, white men are the cats. But if you measure me based on how well I can swim, a fish can swim much better than a cat. The black, the black, the, the black man may not have as much money as the white man, but the black man has some things money can't buy. The black man, we have a type of strength that white men don't have. We have a, a relatability to your experience that white men don't have. We have physical gifts that white men don't. Physical gifts inside and outside the bedroom. And I, I do believe those stereotypes uh, because slavery slavery did a number on us. They used to breed slaves, right? So we, to some extent, have gifts that other people do not have. There is something special about the black man that makes us desired by everyone on the planet. If you if you watch the uh, the, the purest measure of natural economic gifts is the men's final of the 100 meter dash in the Olympics. If you watch the, <clears throat> the men's final of the 100 meter dash, you will rarely see a person who is not a black male, right? Why is that? Well, because we have something other people don't have. I'm a track coach. I, I, I was a track coach for a long time. You can't teach, you can't teach somebody to run the, the 100 meter dash in 10.26 like Deion Sanders did. You can't teach that. There's never been a white Deion Sanders. There's never been a white Michael Jordan. There's never been a white Shaquille O'Neal. Do you understand? There's never, they, 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 I don't, there's never been a white uh, Lamar Jackson. It's just not, right? So the reality is that if you're only measuring men based on how much money they have, which is, you're right, and it, I get it, right? Financial trauma is very, very real. We talk about that a lot in the Black Business School. Then you're going to miss out on a lot of the greatest gifts that Black men have. Don't get me wrong. I think money's important. I think that men, uh, black men, I think your best route is to get off the freeway and drive on the side streets, economically speaking. What I mean by that is 
I don't think you should do the whole like I'm going to go to school and get a good job pathway to economic success. That is a roadblock that will not get you where you want to get to. The black man must be an investor. He must own shares of stock from the time he's born. Get that little black boy some stock for Christmas. Stop buying him all them goddamn toys and buy him some some shares of companies so that when he gets to be 20, 25 years old, he's got the ability to feel comfortable in, in, in providing financial security for somebody as opposed to feeling like he's got to struggle. You can do that very easy when he's born. Uh, number two, the black man should own real estate as soon as he can. Number three, he should be a master at running businesses. I have no idea why we have so more black boys playing football than we have building wealth. Do you understand? Do you know that they did? Let me tell you something. This is, this is going to piss people off. Anybody who loves football like I do is going to be pissed off when I say this because it makes me a complete hypocrite because I'm going to tell you, I'm a big football fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm happy to be a Cowboys fan this year because it looks like they're actually good. <clears throat> um, I'm an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. I love football, but this is going to piss off all my friends that love football. Let me tell you this. I saw <clears throat> where Brett Favre was on the show with my friend Jason Whitlock. Jason's my friend. Jason's an asshole half the time, but I but I respect him because he's honest. Anyway, Brett Favre was on Jason Whitlock's show. And let me tell you what Brett Favre said to Jason Whitlock. He said that the doctor, he asked the doctor, he said, uh, what is the safe age to start playing tackle football? Do you know what the doctor said? He said, never. He said, literally, you've probably had thousands of concussions because every time you get tackled and your ears are ringing and you see stars, you know, or whatever. He said, that's a concussion. He said, so you you think you've had three or four because that's what they do. They don't want you to know what's going on. He said, but you've had thousands of concussions in your life. Every time you get tackled, damn near every time you get tackled is a concussion. So what is my point here? My point is to say that it's, it's, it's not healthy that we will sign all of our boys up <clears throat> for football camps but we don't sign them up to be business owners. We don't sign them up to be wealth builders. We don't sign them up to be able to provide for their families the things that they actually need to survive. When you are a 35-year-old black man and you're struggling to pay the bills, take care of your kids, take care of your woman, you can't feed your children a goddamn football. You can't feed your children a basketball. You cannot feed that woman your your broke ass rap career that never took off because Clive Davis didn't you didn't let Clive Davis squeeze your booty. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. Y'all know what it is. A lot of these these deals are deals with the devil. You let Clive Davis squeeze your booty, then maybe you can get a rap deal. But for the most part, a lot of very talented hip hop artists, and I know a ton of them, uh, are sitting there at 4, 35, 40 years old trying to make make records and never learn the business of actually monetizing their skill. So they end up being the broke rapper. It's hard to get a mother whose primary job is the survival of her children. That's the number one thing that most mothers think about when they wake up. It's very hard to get a mother to go along with your your, your rap career. You're 41 years old and, and you ain't paying the bills, man. You, you need to figure out another plan. And, and what happens is that because of the way we're educated, because of the way we're trained as kids, we never have a plan B. We don't understand what to do. So, so I do think, so on one hand, while I do think that the woman... Black women who love black men, have, you, you cannot get caught in this purely materialistic mindset, you know, that, that, that is fed to you by society. Uh, I also think, though, that men, you got to step up. You got to understand like that. That man ain't never going to clear no pathways for you to have everything you deserve. You're going to have to go take that. 
And the way you take that is you by being prepared. You take that by being smart. You take that by training yourself. You take that by getting prepared. You take that by taking the road less traveled. The road less traveled, but the most important road is the road of the entrepreneur. If the black man becomes the entrepreneur, then he has the opportunity to be the king. No man will ever invite you into his castle and make you the king. In order to be a king, you must know how to build a castle. That's just that it sucks, but that's the reality that you're dealing with. And I encourage men to understand this. So anyway, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. I wrote a whole book when I was on the faculty of Syracuse University. I wrote a whole book on money and love called Financial Lovemaking. You're welcome to take a look at that. If you go to drboysbooks.com, if you search for the autograph, I, I can even sign it for you and send it to you if you'd like to take a look at that. My wife also uh, has done workbooks on things like financial trauma. So if you go to drboysbooks.com, search for the word Alicia and you can find some of her workbooks on financial trauma. That's a big issue in the black community that's unaddressed. That's one of the big barriers to wealth that's out here. Uh, also, I want to remind you that if you want to get uh, profit alerts, uh, I send out stocks that I'm buying that can help you make money, things like that. Feel free to text the word stock to 89748. Text stock to 89748. And this podcast is on Spotify. So if you'd like to follow me on Spotify and listen in your car, or listen while you're at the gym, uh, then just look me up on Spotify. And we had over we've had over about 1.3 million downloads in the last month or so. So I want to say thank you very much for all your support. And I'm glad somebody's listening. OK, so I'm going to play this video one more time and get kind of like some quick final closing thoughts. And they're going to bounce out for tonight. So let me play this video. So this is a video of the woman handing the man the money. And I'm going to tell you, uh, sort of summarize why I like it. I actually like it. So here it is. Okay, so the video, again, the video could be a skit. If it's a skit, it's a very good skit um, because it stimulated a lot of important conversations. I think that we have to talk more about money in our families. Uh, I think that Christmas is coming. When you think about what gift to give your kids, I hope you'll consider giving them something like shares of stock or, or something that's going to benefit them long term not just toys, uh, because when they get older, they won't be able to, they won't have those toys when they get older, but anything you do for them financially, they're going to have that when they get older, if you preserve that wealth, or if you also give them some sort of economic knowledge. Uh, and so if you want to uh, take a look at some of the stuff we have in the Black Business School, we have a, an entire wealth building program that's really, really good. Uh, we educate seven-year-olds as if they're college students. We can get your child to have a financial literacy level that's higher than the average ed college-educated adult. Uh, just go to blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. We're teaching kids stock market investing. We're teaching kids real estate. We're teaching kids crypto. We're teaching kids uh, the fundamentals of, of investing. We're teaching them the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. <coughs> just take a look at the program, the blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. I think you'll like it. And uh, it will make a great Christmas gift for your child. Uh, just like my grandmother taught me about economics when I was a kid. And that played a big part in my long term trajectory. And so uh, so I want to encourage you, you know, when you're talking about building families, you have to plan ahead. If you do not plan ahead, then you won't do it right. Uh, the dating scene is a mess. And a big part of the reason that the dating scene appears to be a mess is because you have a lot of misguided young people who don't understand the rules. They don't understand the expectations. 
they're confused, they're frustrated. There are a lot of misunderstandings between black men and black women, and it becomes complete chaos. So uh, what I would encourage you to do is get your kids ready in advance. Uh, there's something like, like, for example, I talk to you guys a lot about the $5 a day investing plan. If you invest uh, 5 to $10 a day for your son and you never sell, uh, those stocks and you buy stocks in like SPY or VOO, that's, those are mutual funds that, that allow you to have ownership in the biggest companies in America. If you do that consistently until your child is 20, 25 years old, they don't have these little $2 problems. Your son will never be in a situation where he's stressed out because he can't take a girl out that should be the mother of his children. Think about this. You're going to miss out on the chance to give life to your own children or to be with the mother of your children because you can't afford uh, a, an $80 meal versus a $30 meal. You can't afford to go to Applebee's instead of going to Chick-fil-A. Like, think, I mean, I want you to really process how crazy that is. Or your daughter misses out on, on, on dating her husband because her husband had to get his shoes from Walmart instead of getting them at, you know, at, at the mall or whatever. Right. Like, or he can't afford a Gucci bag or just stupid stuff like that. Like, it's crazy to me how these little tiny financial decisions that are easily preventable, easily avoided, easily fixed. Literally make the difference between life and death for the next generation. Like, really, like, like guys will miss out on the chance to be with the mother of their children. Because they're struggling so hard financially that they don't feel worthy of being in a relationship or they're afraid of the financial stress of having a woman next to you. So when you prepare your child, right, and you can text the word stock to 89748, I will text you the $5 a day plan that'll get your child in a great financial position by the time he's 25 years old. If you get your kid ready economically with a couple things, one, you give them some assets. If you do the $5 a day plan, your kid, your kid will have over $100,000 by the time they're 20. If you get if you do $10 a day, then it becomes $200,000. So they got plenty of money at that point. They're doing better than 99% of all white people. So they're, they're, all this stuff, all this like, I couldn't date my this woman. I wanted to be with her. I think about I mean, I want you to really think about this, right? My father, when my father met my mother, he told me, he said, I saw her and I told my friend Freddie, he said, that's going to be my wife. And he, he and because he's a strong man and a determined man and was trained on how to be a man, which meant knowing how to go after what he wanted instead of waiting for it to fall in his lap. Guess what happened, y'all? That became his wife. And 50 years later, that's still his wife. And 50 years later, they have three children that are all millionaires that. Take care of them. We paid off their house. We bought them. A, a tr My dad wanted a car. I got him a truck with, with cash. Right. So 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 I need you to understand the broad implications of ignoring all the little tiny butterfly effects, all the little tiny pivots that you can create in the life of yourself or in your kid that, are, that can change everything. What if my father had been a broke man with no confidence and he was broke, actually, he just had a lot of confidence. He got his confidence. Where did he get his confidence? He got it from his father. He didn't get it from his mama. His mama, his mama did not give him. Your mama cannot simulate testosterone. Testosterone heavily exists mostly in men. Women have it too. Don't get me wrong. But men, we have we have a lot of it. But it has to be triggered. It has to be triggered. And it's typically triggered by another man who challenges your manhood and pushes you to have the discipline required for you to do the work necessary for you to compete in a very competitive society. That's the reality, y'all. That's what it is. So when you talk about the missing father in the black household, it has implications beyond anything you can ever imagine. Beyond anything you ever imagine. If you imagine, if you, if you want to understand what I see, 
but just get a glimpse into the, my crazy world. Whenever I think about times where you've seen a man who wasn't really a man, I want you to think about all the times you've seen men who went through their whole life harming people, disappointing people, not coming through for people. That is an example of a man who was never trained on how to be a man. That's what it is. He was never trained on the discipline required for manhood, following through, coming coming through for people, defending and protecting, providing and protecting. Those are big signs of masculinity. But you got distracted because the white man don't want you to be no man. He don't. The racist in America does not want the black man to stand up in his divine masculinity. He wants you to remain a little boy. So when you see in all these what I call, I call them bearded babies, when you see bearded babies all throughout your community who know how to go and get girls pregnant, but don't know nothing about showing up for a child or showing up for other human beings, they they they, they show up for the liquor and the weed and the pussy and that's it. Like that's what that's what you're getting. That's the culture that they are promoting. Well, why? Well, who are the most visible black men that you see on media? Is it the doctors and the lawyers? Is it the, like the therapists? Is it the scientists? Who are the black men that get the most attention in white-owned media? It's the rappers. These are the same sons of bitches that are getting sued because they spent the last 30 years engaged in horrifically embarrassing, irresponsible, debaucherous behavior. That's what that that's why they're getting sued. Why would they do that? Well, they do that because they don't want your men to be men. They don't they don't want them to be solid. They want them to be flimsy. They want them to be weak. They want them to be a bunch of loud talking, irresponsible bones. So what effectively occurs is that if you destabilize the family at the same time and you take the father out of the household as the primary male role model, then guess what? The little boy is just growing up. He's looking up to the rappers. And what's he hearing from the rappers? Is he hearing, you know, you should find a good woman and love that woman, you know, for the rest of your life? No, he's hearing we don't love them hoes. Fuck them bitches. Go get get money, nigga. That's what that's what that's what he's hearing. That's what he's hearing. And then when he gets 28, 29, 30 years old and, and he's a flimsy ass piece of shit that can't be relied upon for anything. You know, his own kids are like, Daddy, what we doing? Like, what the hell, Daddy? I, I'm depending on you. I, the kid is like nine years old, realizing I got to be the adult in this relationship. Well, because your daddy never became a man. He never went through a rite of passage. Nobody ever taught him what manhood looks like. Um, and if you're in this category, I'm not making fun of you. The fact that you're even listening to me to this point, I encourage you to like, like not be offended. Sometimes I say things that sound mean, and I don't want I don't want to do that. I just want you to, to try to hear me. Just hear what I'm saying. You need your father's. And, and ladies, y'all, you know, I'm sorry, everybody, it takes a village to destroy a child. So women, you can't take yourselves out of the equation. You're giving birth to these little assholes. You're, 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 you're chasing the boys want to act like the rappers. You're chasing the damn rappers. 23 years old, you getting pregnant with some guy that, you know, ain't got no business in your bedroom. And now your, your child is eight years old, wondering why his daddy ain't nowhere around and why mama didn't take the time to have enough foresight to be able to consider what life would look like 10 years from now when she has an 11 or 10, 9, 10, 11 year old child who's looking for his daddy and his daddy is nowhere to be found. I mean, you picked that motherfucker. You did. You, you picked that guy. You, you decided that that was, he, he looked good girl. The sex is good girl. Okay. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> and, and, then, and then watch how much guilt you have. When your child does not have an essential ingredient in his life, 
So then maybe you feel guilty. So then you spoil him because you feel bad that he ain't got a daddy. And then he grows up and he becomes a piece of shit for some other woman. That's what he does. That's what y'all seen the pattern. Go watch the movie Baby Boy. John Singleton nailed it in that movie. That's what that's what Baby Boy was all about. A lot of grown ass men who are baby boys. But but unfortunately, their penises work. So they impregnate the next generation of baby boys or they create the next generation of baby boys. That's what you that's what you have in your community. Right. And so I personally think. That in this space, it's a it's a shit show. First and foremost, I'm gonna just say that I, I really I feel like it's just it's so far gone. They it's the dysfunction is 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 it's just unbelievable. It's like a tidal wave of dysfunction. So I can't pretend to be able to fix any of this from my little tiny platform. I need to have a billion subscribers to be able to 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 try to even put a dent in this issue. But what I can say to you is that you can quarantine yourself by being very conscious. Right. Conscious about sort of think, understanding the cause and effect that exists in life. OK, if I ask this lady out and I sleep with this lady, she could end up being the mother of my kids. So because I love my kids, I'm going to think carefully about where I lay my seed. But that starts with things like self-esteem. That's why the healing is so important, because a lot of, you know, if you're a woman and you have a sex addiction and you're sleeping with all these different nasty ass men because the sex is good. Well, maybe part of that sex addiction is driven by a trauma response. Right. The sex heals you. It makes you feel good because you feel so bad because of terrible things that happened to you when you were a kid. But, you know, they also have things like therapists that can help you work through that. So you don't destroy your life and the lives of other people just because you've got this pain that won't seem to go away. I'm going to tell you like this. We underestimate the amount of pain that children feel when they've got just one parent and when they should have had two. We underestimate it. We just think it's par for the course. We toughen up. We get the leather skin. We just learn how to deal with it. The black woman is the toughest woman on the planet because she hurts so bad because she's, she, you know, the, the idea that, that at six years old, you can't even depend on your daddy is so brutal that is horrible and the fact that we don't even we just we just act like we we actually like we ain't skipped a beat that's a mental illness that's a mental health problem I, I i just i just really think we should think about this you know so because because here's what happens it just it, it ends up perpetuating itself to the next generation so again going up back to the original video let's talk about the original video there are a lot of women because they never had a man in the house. They don't know how to treat a man because they had the single mother who told them to always focus on their grades and their men ain't shit or whatever, whatever message they might've got from mama. But either way, they, they growing up thinking, I, I don't want to cater to no man. I ain't catering to his ego. I ain't putting up with this. I ain't putting up with that. I'm not, re I refuse to lower my standards and all this. And I get all that. I, that all makes sense. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. But guess what? When you meet a man that you like, he doesn't like you. Why? Well, because no man wants to marry a bitch. Nobody, nobody wants to be with somebody. No man I know, no decent self-respecting man wants to be in a relationship with somebody who's constantly reminding him of how much she don't need him. Even if she went through trauma and there's reasons, right? There's a reason why she had to have the tough, strong black woman persona because she had to do that for survival. I get all that. But don't nobody. I want a nurturer. I want something soft to lay next to. I don't want to lay next to another dude. If So if you rock solid, cool. You can be rock solid by yourself. Men will show up. and Men will always show up and have sex with you for the rest of your life. So you'll never be short on sex. But you might be short on the love and protection that you actually deserve because you never took the time to consciously redirect the rocket 
that you you never took the time to constantly write the ship. You never took the time to say, you know, I got this deficiency. I, where it's it's and it's causing me problems in my relationships, the the trauma and not understanding men and not respecting men. I I've been trained to just judge them and be mean to them and 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 and, and punish them for being who they are. And, and and so I've never gained the trust of men because men see me as a threat. And when men see you as a threat, they're not going to respond to you like you're a woman they need to protect. They're going to respond to you like another dude they need to fight. And that's why you see so many black people fighting. That's why you see black men and black women just duking it out, going at it. Because it's like, well, I'm going to get you before you get me. I don't want no parts of none of that. That ain't love, y'all. That's not love. That's called war. Do you understand? Do you understand the difference between love and war? That's why you have don't you don't really have a lot of black love in a lot of places. You have black war. That's my two cents. That's it. I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. Um, again, if I said something that offended you, I apologize. If I also said something incorrect, I apologize for that too. I'm just giving you my perspective based on what I see. And um, and again, I, I I liked what the lady did. I think that women who preserve a man's ego, who help him out when times are tough, but see the potential in him, you know, if he's a good guy, he's a hardworking guy, he's working to better himself, that's a good man. You know, he ain't got to have a whole bunch of money. Like, I'm going to tell you, as a guy, you know, I'm not really famous, but I've been around famous people. And some people consider me to be famous. And I'm going to tell you, some of y'all ladies are so fucking, like, enamored with rich, famous men that you trust them too much. You'll let <clears throat> you'll let some of these men. Some of these men are nasty as hell, got every disease on the planet, have no good intentions with you. And you'll still chase them around because there's a part of you that's missing. There's a self-esteem issue that you have where maybe you define yourself based on what kind of man you're next to. So you'll bend over backwards, give all the good stuff away to a guy who does not value what you have at all because he got 20, 20 other women right behind you to, 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 that's going to serve him up right after he get done with you. But there's another guy who really loves you, who really admires you. And because he admires you, you don't respect him because you're because your self-esteem is so low that you say, well, if you admire me that much, if you're giving me that much attention, if you're willing to be this nice to me, then you must be a simp. You must be something nobody wants, because if you were something everybody wanted, I wouldn't I would have to compete for you. I don't have the fact that I don't have to compete for you means you're less valuable. That is a childish mistake that a lot of young people make. And guys do it too. Guys do it. We, we would chase around some girl that looks good or whatever, and they'll just milk us like cows. Brittany Renner is uh, is a gold mine in terms of information she shares. Brittany Renner, 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 first of all, Brittany Renner to me is a scumbag. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, in terms of like the way she carries herself, I would not touch her with a ten foot pole. Uh, this lady slept with a lot of real nasty men, and she doesn't use condoms and whatever. A lot of times, I, I'm not a fan of Brittany Renner in that regard. I would not date her, but I understand why men are attracted to her, and uh, you're attracted to women like that because they look good. That's it. You're not thinking about the consequences of being with a woman like that. So when they when they take you for your money, or they give you a disease, or your child's being raised by a hoe, you get mad and you blame the world. But when really it's because you didn't understand the difference between what you want and what you need. You didn't understand that in order to be a successful man, you have to have the discipline to walk away from things that are very tempting. Brittany Renner is gorgeous as the day is long, but if you can really see women the way I can see people, you would realize that that ain't nothing but the devil's poison right in front of you. That ain't nothing but literally a temptation that's going to suck you in and destroy your entire soul. But here's the good thing, the good thing about Brittany Renner. What I like about Brittany Renner is that Brittany Renner is honest. She's very honest. 
and she'll tell you, she'll talk about how athletes are dumb. She literally said athletes are dumb. She said, if you ever want to have like millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, just get pregnant by an athlete. They're, she said, they're stupid and they don't use condoms and they'll, and you wave a little sex in front of them and they'll jump right in. And, and I, and I said, wow, I'm so happy that she shared that they had um, Deion Sanders invited her to come speak to the athletes because Deion understands what I understand. You know, Deion gets it right. It, and, and, and maybe it's something, and this is why the, the missing father has harmed the community. Another reason why is because typically your father is the guy that helps you to understand these things. And if you're a boy and you've never had a father, then you're going to be a boy for the rest of your life. You're going to make boyish, dumbass decisions. And so I like Brittany Renner because she explains how men get sucked in. Men get so tempted and lured in by sex that it causes you to risk everything. You, you risk it all. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, you will never be a successful man in this world if you don't have some degree of sexual discipline. I want you to think about Diddy. Diddy is a billionaire. Diddy will not die a billionaire, in my opinion. Diddy has has had his name dragged through the mud. He is being sued left and right. Uh, he's he's dealing with all kinds of disgrace. And, 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 and who knows what else they're going to do to him long term. And, and, and it was all because he had no sexual discipline. Apparently he didn't have, he didn't understand that being rich and powerful does not mean that you're above the law. Being rich and powerful means that you are everybody's number one target. So you have to be a little more thoughtful and a little more careful. I don't think Diddy understood that, but and again, that's a, that's a fundamental trait of hip hop. Hip hop teaches young black men to let their guard down and not be strategic in their decision-making strategy means that Brittany Reiner comes up and starts rubbing some vagina in your face and you start getting tempted. You say, yeah, I really like that. You really, you really are attractive, but that's not for me. I'm not interested. I'm going to find me a woman that looks just, that's as, looks as good as you, but I'm going to find a woman that's also good for me. You understand? You know, that that's, that's what it is. Uh, so anyway, that's it. That, I'm going to quit talking about it because y'all know I get, I get to going and, and there's a lot to say on this and I don't want to over talk it, but uh, but I but I just wanted to share that. I, and, and I don't know. I guess maybe on the weekends I, I get a little more loose lipped about stuff like this. Um, I'll get back to like the strict financial stuff later. But this is a financial conversation, actually. And I do have a book, Financial Love Making, that you can go take a look at. I wrote it 15 years ago at Syracuse University. So uh, my, my ideas have kind of shifted since then. But there's a lot of stuff in there, like how to avoid a financial STD. Uh, you know, uh, how to use threesomes to uh, make your financial life much better. Uh, the, the subtitle is merging assets with your partner in ways that feel good. And one, and that was actually when I began to discover how uh, the romantic relationship is really an economic vehicle that can either drive you to heaven or can drive you to hell. And by not thinking about it carefully, by, by underthinking the process, we miss a lot of black wealth because a lot of men don't understand how the woman, women that you keep company with affects your economic outcomes and also the same thing is true with women the exact 100 true with women as well so anyway that's it guys i'm done thank you so much for listening hit the thumbs up button thumbs up share subscribe also uh don't forget this podcast is on spotify so you can look me up on spotify and if you want to find out more about what i do and what we have going on in the black business school you can join our social media platform go to b1nation.us it's a b1 social media platform with lots of other b1 people and uh there's an <coughs> excuse me an events tab. And every week in the Black Business School, we have several events that you can join. So, for example, we're bringing in Queen Thais tomorrow 
uh, for something we call ABNC Reconnect, a reconnect of all the speakers from the All Black National Convention. And uh, you're going to love it. So when you go to B1Nation.us, you have to uh, apply to get in. Once you get in, just look at the events tab every week and you can see all the events that we have going on for the week. We have a lot of activities that are designed to elevate uh, the black family. That's what we do. That's what we're good at. <clears throat> and we also elevate black wealth. We're, we're very successful at this. So take care, guys. Have a good day. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three, what did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.